I'm Emily, and this is From Hustle to Hell Yes, the podcast with insights and interviews about entrepreneurship, the culture of work, and how to build a business that thrives with you. You'll walk away from every episode with ways to create more ease, enjoyment, and effectiveness in your business so you can really play by your own rules. This is the very first episode of From Hustle to Hell Yes, and I'm super excited to talk with you today, especially about making space. This episode is all about the number one thing that folks ask me, and that is how to have work-life balance. But that phrase has a lot of baggage and a lot of like magical thinking surrounding it too. So much gets said about work-life balance and burnout that I think it's led to some confusion about what they really are. So work-life balance, um, it's not a magic number that you spend at work versus not work. It's, it's not like a sleep number bed where there's like a magical number of hours that's going to equate to balance for you. Work-life balance doesn't happen if you just find the right ratio of time. Like suddenly everything will fall into place and feel perfectly balanced. Time is a component of work-life balance, but it's not the whole story. It's actually just a piece of that puzzle. So let's get into an example because I think that sometimes it becomes a lot clearer when we have some context. So here's a scenario I've been in, and I know from working with my clients that this happens to other entrepreneurs, especially parents. And I've, I talked about this with a friend um, like about a year ago, and it really stuck with me. This conversation really stuck with me because it's also such a perfect example of how the season of life and business that we're in and the experience of the world around us can be impacting us. And at the time of this recording, a year ago would have been just a couple months into the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, shortly after um, mass protests of police violence against people of color, I can say without a doubt, we were all feeling tender and more vulnerable about all the things during that time. And my friend, we'll call her Allison, um, we were just catching up and she was telling me about how she'd been feeling more tired and anxious. And she was telling me, you know, I sit down to work and I know it's going to be a long day because there's a big project I'm working on for a client and the timeline gets like really crunched because of COVID. Um, And I've had to put extra time in on it, a few hours on the weekend, an extra long day here and there uh, to stay on top of it. And so I asked her if she thought it was the workload or the amount of time she was working. And she said it could be, but that she'd worked this way before in spurts and it hadn't hit her this hard. And so then I asked her, you know, what are you actually feeling during the day? Like what thoughts and emotions are coming into play here? And that's when the real stuff came out. And she told me, you know, I'm at my computer, I'm working, I'm making progress, but like out of nowhere, I start feeling guilty about not giving the kids enough of my attention the day before, or like not spending more time with my partner and I'm making progress, but it doesn't feel like it. I just feel kind of anxious about it. And then the guilt is nagging me. So I stop working earlier than I was planning to so I can spend quality time with the family and and ease that guilt. 
but then while we're playing a game, like after dinner, I'm trying to enjoy this quality time together. And I can't stop thinking about what I didn't get done. I can't turn it off. My mind keeps going to work and like what needs to be done there. And I'm completely distracted while we're playing and don't even like hear my six-year-old telling me that it's my turn. Like I, I'm somewhere else mentally. So I'm not even, not even there spending the time. And after hearing that, it was pretty clear that what was making Allison anxious and tired wasn't necessarily the amount of time that she was putting into work. It was the other stuff that was being triggered by, um, by those extra hours, you know, at a time when she was actually just feeling really vulnerable about her priorities, given the situation in the world. And it was really causing some internal angst and was manifesting in these thoughts and feelings of guilt. Now, I'm not a therapist. I can't help anyone unpack why they might be feeling that guilt. But just recognizing that this is a contributing factor makes it easier to resolve and get back to a better relationship with our work and into a better balance. So the cycle of thoughts and feelings and not being fully present where we are is one of the ways we can end up feeling like our work-life balance is out of whack. And if this happens for like an extended period of time, if this constant push and pull of guilt in these different roles continues, you know, for months at a time, um, then we can start to feel burnt out. Uh, and this is how we can end up burnt out even if we're working really reasonable hours. You know, and this is why having a better relationship with work and a better understanding of how we experience time can be so transformational. So there are some really key things in this example that I want to talk more about because they're the most common things that create a feeling of balance or imbalance. So first, there are relationships in life that are, you know, really important to us, our kids, our partner, our friends, our clients and colleagues. And in this example, the tension is in feeling guilty about how we're showing up or not showing up for them. And that feeling is really draining. It's like mentally exhausting. And it's not always cleared up by trying to figure out our perfect time ratio. This feeling isn't only about time, even though that's a component here. If you're working a number of hours that like doesn't allow time for rest and play, then 100% that is a much bigger contributing factor. But that feeling of guilt and the example with my friend Allison is really, really common. And it's about feeling like we're not showing up for our people. And we're, we're, you know, it's not necessarily resolved by spending more time with them. That's not the whole answer. It's about the quality of that time as well and how we feel during that time. So if Allison had spent that game time feeling like 100% invested in that moment with her family, instead of feeling kind of guilty about the work that she'd left undone, then it's more likely that she would be breaking that cycle of feeling like her work-life balance is out of whack because she would have shifted how she was feeling about how she's showing up. And the same is true of the work side. If she could let go of the guilt and focus on the work, that creates a sense of better balance because she's in the moment and not trying to do her work while also wearing herself out with the guilt. So our roles and relationships and like really specifically how we're showing up for them really has an impact on whether we feel we have work-life balance. How we feel we're showing up for the important people in our life has an impact on that. So why do we hear about work-life balance um, being talked about like it's some kind of magic ratio of hours. Well, it's complicated, but I think the main reason is that we 
kind of conflate our time with our productivity and our productivity with being successful and that, and, and that productivity fulfilling us in some ways. And we also discount our feelings. Like how many times have you been told that your emotions don't belong at work, that they have no bearing in our business? Well, I disagree. I think that satisfaction and accomplishment are feelings and so are work-life balance and burnout. And that the problem is not that we're having feelings. Um, the, the thing is, is that we need, we need to learn how to acknowledge them properly. We need to learn how to, um, how to work with them properly. So another point that we can kind of see through this example is that we feel balanced not because we're divvying up time into these ideal chunks. We feel balanced when we spend the right amount of time for feeling fulfilled and feeling satisfied in these areas of work and life. And the reality is that, um, is that has everything to do with our relationship to work, our relationship to time, our workplace culture, even if we're creating that culture within our own business, um, the roles we fill, the relationships we have with the people in our work and life and how we're showing up for them, how they're showing up for us, how these various elements all come together um, and how they make us feel. Because work-life balance isn't a magical number of hours that we spend working versus doing life. Work-life balance is actually a feeling that we get when we're getting what we desire from the ways we're spending our time and energy. So our feelings impact our sense of balance. Our relationship with time has an impact on that. Are we in the moment? Are we thinking about the past or future? And our relationship with work has an impact on that. So in the United States, um, and my experience is primarily in the United States, but I think this also translates to a lot of other countries as well. We're taught that success is a limited resource and we have to compete for it. And that the way to compete is to do more and do it faster. And that leads to the second most common reason that people come to me. So folks I've worked with will look at their calendar. And this is where we're going to start talking about making space, okay? Folks I work with will look at their calendar and say something like, I'm just so busy. It's burning me out. I can't get work done because of all these meetings that I'm in. Or I'm never able to fully focus on the big picture because I'm so busy with the day-to-day -day work. Now, upon further inspection, this is what we usually discover. We usually find out that the things in the calendar are energy draining instead of energy inducing. And a lot of times, these are things that we've said yes to um, because we feel obligated in some way, or we're wanting to people please in some way. Like we, we don't want to say no. We don't want to turn somebody down. Um, we, want, we want them to be happy with us. Um, Second thing that we find is that um, things are scheduled too tightly and too close together, which creates this like constant sense of urgency and a feeling of constantly being behind and late, which then kind of combine into feeling both stressed and kind of like a failure. And if you do continually end up showing up late or, or are in a state of urgency when you do show up, you might feel a little bit embarrassed. The third thing that we find out is that there isn't time for self-care during the day. Like that time hasn't been blocked out. And so eventually your calendar just fills up um, with things um, that, that aren't related to like you feeling good about your work, you feeling good in your body. So blocking out things like physical movement, 
um, blocking out time to have a, a healthy lunch, um, making sure that you create space in between your scheduled tasks to take like a 10 minute break here and there to kind of re-energize your mind, right? The fourth thing that we often find is that they may be work, working really long hours or not. It often has more to do with overscheduling. So sometimes that's measured in hours and sometimes it's measured by how tightly things are packed into a calendar, but it's really about the feeling of being overscheduled, of having too much stuff um, in your day. You know, so like, especially like with meetings and and um, showing up for meetings. I'll work with introverts who find having more than a certain number of meetings in a day um, really draining on their energy. So sometimes it's both of those things where it's the number of hours, but it's also things being scheduled tightly, but it's also that there are maybe too many of a type of event in your calendar um, that's draining your energy. And, and so that's like a, um, it's a time energy situation. So your time multiplied by your energy is your capacity. And we all have a different capacity for work. Our ability to focus and be productive is unique to us. And the first step towards balance is actually getting to know what our individual capacity is. This is so, so, so key to our feeling balanced. Now, the last thing that, um, that we often discover because it takes a little bit longer to figure this out is that there are toxic unconscious beliefs about work and success that influence our decisions and they're out of sync with our capacity and working against our capacity instead of with it. Now, we don't have time today to dig into this one specifically, but I'll be unpacking this one in a future episode and probably many future episodes that I'm working on putting together. Now, I know that being busy is not why you started your business. You started your business to play by your own rules doing the work that you love that has an impact on the people you serve, right? You started it to have more freedom, to choose how you spend your time, energy, and money. These things that I just listed, um, these are influences that actually prevent us from experiencing the freedom and success that we desire. And as entrepreneurs, we're always looking forward, always planning for what's next. But it's really crucial that we give ourselves the space to feel accomplished to do the self-care that keeps us energized and to celebrate our wins, big and small. Now, P.S., I'm not saying you never have to hustle hard in business. There will be times that it is totally necessary and also not at all unhealthy to hustle hard. But if constantly hustling is not a condition that you thrive in, it doesn't have to be your lifestyle as an entrepreneur and business owner. But because we live in a society that really embraces it. Um, you know, even when we start our own businesses to have personal freedom over how we spend our time and how we spend our energy and how we make and spend our money, we'll fall into the same rhythm because we haven't consciously addressed it for ourselves. We haven't created that better relationship with work. We just changed our roles. So instead of being someone else's employee, we're our own boss and employee. And if you want work-life balance, that's only achieved through addressing these toxic beliefs, beliefs that are unconsciously, that we're unconsciously choosing, that keep us in this constant state of feeling imbalanced. Part of this is also knowing what we want to feel about work. Like, what do we want work to give us? And you have to know what you want your work to create for you, what you want your business to give you 
before you can intentionally create it, it is not something that magically happens. It's something that you intentionally move towards. But you can't do that if you don't know what you want from it and how you want to feel while you're working. So if you're listening right now and you want to experience more work-life balance, here are three steps that you can take right now that can help you get closer to that feeling. Number one, remember that work-life balance is a feeling. The first step is acknowledging how you're feeling. Where do you feel imbalanced? How's that showing up as feelings? Do you feel guilt? Do you feel resentment? Are you irritated? What's going on when you're feeling that way? Number two, know what you want your business to bring you and get very specific. What do you want to feel in your work? What do you want it to bring you? What do you want to experience very specifically because of this business that you started? Number three, take your rest seriously and your hydration seriously. These two things alone, if you do nothing else, if you do these two things, if you are ridiculously well-rested and hydrated, your brain and body will be more creative, more effective, and better able to prevent burnout. These two things increase your capacity by affecting your energy and making it possible for you to work longer when it's necessary and to actually be more effective with the time that you have to work, even if you aren't working longer hours. All right, y'all. I'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, I hope that you feel the freedom your business is giving you and that you just take a minute today to celebrate the small ways and big ways. It's changing you and taking you closer to what you want. Thank you so much for listening. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I'm so stoked that you chose this one to listen to. Before you go, though, could you do me a favor? Could you send this episode to someone who could benefit from it? Share this podcast or tell a friend about it, and let's all experience the freedom to play by our own rules. Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to dive even deeper in today's episode, just go to www.changeagent.studio slash podcast and look for this episode's show notes, sign up for our newsletter, or hit up our Facebook group from Hustle to Hell Yes, where we discuss and share even more resources for building a thriving business and actually playing by your own rules. Thank you.